I'm sitting here in my own house, minding my own Hi guys, welcome to High Camp, the podcast where I try to watch all 406 movies from an out-of-print gay film guide before I die. I'm your host, Brian Rucker. And today I have a very exciting guest, a very patient guest, because uh, we've had a lot of technical difficulties. My computer is about ready to quit this earth, uh, but that's neither here nor there. You've seen her on lots of TV shows, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Goliath, which I would say is camp. Her name is Julie Brister. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Brian. Um, and thank you for choosing this movie I had never seen before, What's the Matter with Helen? <laughs> uh, I'm so glad I got to see it. It's a bonbon from my childhood. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, we'll have to yeah, talk about like your history with, with this movie and mm. movies like it. Um, but the first thing I usually do is ask my guests, is there anything you've seen lately that you want to recommend or you think more people should be watching either like TV or movies or anything like that? Oh, there's so many good things. Isn't there? Uh, uh, really enjoying the season of big little lies, Me too. particularly, uh, Laura Dern. Yes. Just, just killing it. She is like the MVP of this group of MVPs. I, I do think so. And like, I'm enjoying all of it. I'm enjoying Meryl. I'm enjoying like, uh, I'm enjoying the season. But Laura Dern um, uh, is—it's a joyful, joyful, a joyful performance of just a dreadful human. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's horrible on the show. Like, it is amazing. All of these actresses are all very, very different types of actresses. They're all sort of at the top of their game. Yeah, and like the show sort of lets them all do what they're best at. Yeah. And for some reason, the like mishmash of all the different styles just totally works. It totally, it absolutely does. And I think, I think I'm enjoying this season even better than I am last season. Cause there's not really like the mystery element yeah. so much. And it's yeah. just like letting everyone do what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What there's only, well, by the time this comes out, the season will be over and you'll know if they kill Meryl, Meryl Streep or not. Yeah. I sort of feel like they're going to kill her, but who knows? <laughs> And then I also love, I've been loving Years and Years. Oh, that's the new Russell T. Davies show. Yeah. Uh, I haven't started it yet. Uh, it is, woo, it is um, uh, funny and and uh, horrifying at the same time. So it's like... Um, near uh, future, near, okay. 20, 20, an, an imagined uh, a near future in 2024 uh, as uh, Trump is wrapping up his uh, second term okay. in office, he bombs China. <laughs> Great, perfect. A little light watching. Yeah, uh, yeah. I he he did the original Queers Folk, and then oh, okay. he did a British show that was on a few years ago called Cucumber and Banana. It was about like gay life in Manchester. Uh. It was sort of, I don't know. It wasn't my favorite show in the world, but it was one of those things I just like watched the whole thing and oh, I uh-huh. liked it. Uh, have you watched Euphoria at all? No. I watched the no. pilot. It's, um, I don't know if I'm going to go back to it. It's a lot. Yeah. Like I, uh, I just, I don't know if I can 
delve into like a, a show about teenagers right now. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I just don't feel prepared <laughs> for it. And, uh, but I am watching, I am watching the new version of the Hills. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so sad. Cause I, I missed the first time that the Hills was on, I must've been in college or maybe like right after college. Oh, and it uh-huh. was the time in my life where like, I didn't own a TV yeah. and I, there was a couple years of pop culture that I just totally missed. Mm-hmm. So now, and I love all that shit. Like I love housewives and I even watched, uh, Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club and stuff. Oh, but yeah, I don't know if I Brian. could delve into the hills. <laughs> it's more out of curiosity yeah. than anything else. It's it's so um, produced, you know, like like it's so uh, 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 con- like it, 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 it's not just a, the camera's on you and go. It's basically scripted, it's, it's, right? Yeah, it's yeah. very manufactured, which we knew that it was because yeah. the uh, the end of of the hills like made it clear that it was all okay. very manufactured. But this really just feels clunky, like it's uh, manufactured in a clunky way. But it's still it's still weirdly soothing. The B roll, they know <laughs> how to do B roll. I love all of that L A B roll, oh baby. Do you watch Vanderpump Rules? Uh, no, oh. I gave I gave up on. Oh really? Because that that's like my guilty pleasure, and the B roll on that yeah. is it's just the same images. Bravo B roll with real good. Oh my god! And these songs, like, where do you get these? these horrible, horrible like, yeah. electro pop songs yes. that they'll put that the lyrics are just so literal. It's like, I'm having a good time. I'm going out and getting drunk. And you're like, what the fuck <laughs> what is, is this, this song? Uh, 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 the B roll on, um, what was it? Flipping out. Okay. Like I always loved that stupid show. And cause the, the show was enjoyable, but the, the, the B roll was always incredible. It's always like the most beautiful house. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. The most uh, uh, beautiful streets. It's good. Uh, I watched two movies this weekend. Midsummer. Mm, Did you see that? Not yet. Okay. But I'm so gonna. yeah, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be on streaming. But this is. If you like, did you like Hereditary or did you see Hereditary? I just saw Hereditary very recently, and there and uh, I'm torn. There okay. are things that I liked and things that I that I didn't like. Yeah, I lo- like that movie. To me, was one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Like the sense of dread that I usually, even if like a movie's really gory or whatever, it'll sort of leave me as soon as I stop watching it. Uh-huh. And Hereditary stayed with me oh, to yeah, the point. That head. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Midsummer is very different. It's. Yeah almost like a dark comedy, like um, a revenge, almost like a wish fulfillment thing. And it's, if I don't know, it, it was very cathartic and it left me on a totally different note, sort of like just light afterwards, despite it's um, really, really graphic imagery. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, yeah, I highly recommend that. And then randomly I saw, and this like goes into what's the matter with Helen, uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, just landed on Hulu. And uh, so this is a movie from, it was like a teen movie from the late nineties. I don't know it. That it had, well, Kirstie, Alley, so it's about teen beauty pageants. Oh, fun. and um, Kirstie Alley is sort of like the monster, like stage mother uh-huh. who <laughs> is the mother to Denise Richards. Who's <gasps> like the queen of the town or whatever. So it's teenage Denise, teenage Denise. Oh She's my God. probably like 30 when she films this, but she plays a teenager. And then Kirsten Dunst is the protagonist, and she's sort of this nice girl from the wrong wrong side of the tracks. Oh um, my gosh, this sounds so good! It's 
there's parts of it that are that really hold up and that are really good but much like the movie we're about to talk about there's a lot of uh, jokes at the at the expense of um, developmentally disabled people. Oh, like yeah. Will Sasso plays this. I guess he has Down syndrome in it, and it's literally like twenty minutes of just uh, retarded jokes. And you're oh, like, oh, this is not going to work. Good. Yeah. Um, but then Brittany Murphy's in it in a small part Aww. as one of the girls, and Amy Adams. I think it might be like her first. Oh, really? Big screen role. Oh my god. And she plays like the the like slutty girl, uh-huh. um, and she's very good. Oh. But yeah, it's worth, it, I don't know. It's very broad. I remember when it came out, because I had loved um, Waiting for Guffman. Yeah. And it, it has that same like mockumentary uh, framing device. Oh. But it's just, it's like a lot broader and and a little dumber. But for that time, for like a mainstream teen movie to be that dark, because it's it gets really insane too. Oh. Um, so I think anyone who is interested in camp, and missed, you know, being a teenager in the late 90s. Go on Hulu, watch Drop Dead Gorgeous. You might be offended, but it, it's, yeah, it's worth a watch, I think. Okay, I'm going to do it. Cool. All right, well, let's get into what's the matter with Helen. Oh, let's. Uh, so this movie came out in 1971. Um, it did get one Oscar nomination, which I was surprised. You're kidding me. Do you want to guess what it was? Uh, the homosexual. The yeah, best homosexual. <laughs> no, it was uh, best costume design. Oh, re- okay. Yeah, because okay. it's uh, it, so it, it came out in the seventies. It takes place in the thirties. Satin tap pants. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's and, funny. I know. I because it looked and this is I think only available to watch on YouTube. You might be able to buy a Blu-ray, but like it's not on any of the the streaming services. So the the transfer is not the best. Oh, um, I didn't think it was bad at all. It well, it's not in like HD. Oh, You're, yeah, yeah, that's all right. But it looked like a TV movie to me. Yeah, it looked like it looked it looked pretty decent. Like I remember, I've watched other favorite TV movies on YouTube with, that aren't in nearly as good shape. Yeah, no, it's not bad. There's um whoever like uploaded it to YouTube had his own little like signature on the bottom that was right hand corner, and that it was doesn't annoying. go away. Yeah, but yeah, it's available to watch free on YouTube. Um, so out of like whatever the ridiculous 400 movie list that I sent you, you chose this one. Uh Um, why? Like what's your history with this movie? Okay. I remember watching this movie when I was maybe, I didn't see it when it came. I don't remember. I didn't see it in the theater. Oh yeah. You would have been too young. I saw it on TV when I was like, like eight or nine. And, um, there's like a whole bunch of like B movies like this that were like big favorites in my house. Uh, this, uh, who slew Annie Rue. And then there's like a couple with Stella Stevens that oh. and Shelley winners. that are just like okay. bad movies. Uh, but at that, at the time, like, like it just, it ticked everything that we loved tap dancing, uh, um, uh, the 19, like the old timey 1930s yeah. Shirley temple. And so I, I just loved it. And I did not, I never understood then. And I still don't understand even ever after watching it last night, why Shelley Winters like, uh, is so special. She, okay. (laughs) I mean, in the movie, like why she is so, uh, uh, like we know she's been through a lot, but her unhingedness is so like unearned. Yeah, like you go. Okay, so I when I started watching this movie, the first 
few minutes are sort of like b-roll of newsreel photography yeah and i was like did i click on the right thing this is this a documentary about fdr <laughs> and then it goes so it like has a thing about i don't know eleanor roosevelt and then it goes into this murder that was committed by these two uh teenagers mm -hmm. and then it's like they're supposed to like they don't say that it's like Leopold and Loeb. Yeah. But like this show, this movie borrows from history and from other movies, like just obscenely. For sure. So it's like the, what would happen to the parents yeah. of Leo, Leopold and Loeb? Which, cause then you, I mean, there's so many, cause there's so many like, you know, obviously horrible murderers. And I am sort of fascinated with like the mothers. Like, did you ever read that book Columbine? No, uh, no. So it's about the Columbine killers and oh. they interview both of the mothers. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is like, this is like Debbie Reynolds and Shelley Winters of this yeah. movie. Like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> I think part of people like want to blame the mothers of, of mass yeah. murderers. And yeah. these characters in the movie just killed one woman and it never really explains why no it, it, that you never get into the details of the crime. We just yeah. know that Ellie is dead. We don't know why Ellie is dead. Uh, uh, yeah, there, it's so not about the murder no. that they open the movie with. Yeah. And then, and, and so you watch this with your family, your fa your family, your parents were like into these type of movies. No, I, my, my parents did not watch okay. this. It was just like me and my sister. Got it. Like, like loved this movie. And, yeah. and she would, my sister would say, I'm Debbie Reynolds. You're Shelly Winters. <laughs> that <bitch>. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And I'm like, I'm younger than you. I'm <laughs> Like we would fight over who was going to be what. I know. And then sometimes we would play like, like just in, in playing, we would play like, uh, uh, what's the matter with Helen? Yeah. Like we would try to reenact. And when you were that young watching, did you like sort of, did you know, did you get everything that was going on? Cause there's no, a lot of no, dark. No, no. So you just, yeah. I thought it was a great film. Yeah. Like, oh, totally. like, and same thing with who slew Annie Rue, which was my favorite when I was a kid was like my favorite movie. And then when I, I, I forced friends to watch it as an adult and it is so bad. <laughs> is it worse than, cause I thought, uh, what's it's the matter with as, Helen is not I, bad. I think, I actually think who slew Annie Rue is maybe like a little better, but mm. they're both oddly boring. Okay. Yeah. This one, I mean, there were definitely parts and I'm always like exhausted in the afternoon. Yeah. So when I watched this, I, I had to make sure to not lay on my couch because I would start You'll closing my eyes. Yeah. yeah, like I started, I, I got dozy <laughs> watching it because there's a lot, uh, there, there's not a lot of action. No, it sets up this premise. So, okay, so let's... And nor do they have conversations like real people. No, absolutely not, which I'm fine with. Like, yeah. I don't want, I don't, I mean, naturalism is fine in its place, but like, I, I prefer, you know, heightened dialogue right, and right. melodrama and stuff. Right. So yeah, this movie was direct. It was directed by Curtis Harrington, who also directed who slew Auntie Rue. Yeah. And you were saying before we started recording that he was part of like a gay mafia. In he Hollywood? was part of like the, that James whale. Okay. Like, so he was already older than by the time this, he, he's not James whales age. He oh, was like a young play. Like, like I saw, I saw that he was in gods and Mos and monsters. Oh, 
So that he had a small part in Gods and Monsters, and I think that's because he was part of that wow. whole crew. Yeah, Gods and Monsters, if you guys don't know, was a I thought really good movie from the late nineties, um, about James Whale, who directed Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, and it had Ian McKellen and Brendan Fraser as yeah. sort of his like lust object. Uh so then we have okay, so Debbie Reynolds was you said thirty seven when this movie came out? Yeah, yeah. Um, she was really like and her career her career was over. Cause she, I mean, she started, she was like a total ingenue. Everyone knows she her. She was a child. She, yeah. yeah. From um, singing in the rain. And so, yeah, and I think especially at that point, those actresses that were known for being, um, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed, like you don't have a lot of, uh, of, of um, like a long career. Yeah. Um, no, not at all. Like, but thirty-seven. It's crazy. Like thirty-seven is young. So young, and she—I mean, she looked great. Like, she looks amazing. She looks so good, and she has this platinum blonde Jean Harlow hair in this movie. And you know, I don't know. I never thought of. I never think of Debbie Reynolds as like a like a sex object, sexy. No, but she sort of is in this movie. I mean, she's adorable. She's adorable. She's like got a platinum. Yeah, she's a platinum blonde. Yeah. In tap pants. And she, I mean, obviously had ended up having a really long storied career, but she only had one Oscar nomination in her whole career for the unsinkable Molly Brown in 1964. Oh, really? Um, whereas her co-star, Shelley Winters, who plays the titular Helen, she won two Oscars. But don't you kind of feel like Shelley's phoning it in? In I, this movie, and well, the, the when you eventually see who's Lou Annie Rue. Oh, okay. Like now, I have to see that one too. Well, it, like it's it's hard to sustain like like the what what she's the emotion that she's trying to convey okay. for a long time. It's like put upon, and then it's like pious. It's like it's yeah. It's a very act. It like it's you. You see a lot of acting happening. See, I felt like she was had this sort of flat affect. Yeah. That I grew to really like, but yeah. I thought it was she wasn't playing it like you know out of ten from the the whole time. No, but then she's also like stupid. Like, yeah. Like, like she, it's a little of mice that the of mice and men quality. Like they, they're they are George and Lenny. She is Lenny. totally. So yeah, she so they they are the mothers of these convicted killers. You don't really go go into it, and so they um, decide to like change their last names and move to Hollywood yeah. to get away from the media. But the, they don't act. They don't change their first names, and then they decide to open up a children's like dance studio, yeah. which doesn't seem like the best way to go off the grid. No, um, and. You never know really their relationships with their sons, but you think like, oh, these are the type of mothers that would quote unquote turn sons gay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Debbie Reynolds being the stage mother and then Shelley Winters, as you said, being maybe mentally disabled. Right. And There's like this, something off. There's something off. Yeah. She's like a religious fanatic. I mean, to the point that she has rabbits. Like, like it's very like that to me is the most Lenny aspect. Yeah, I love my rabbits. I love my <laughs> rabbits. And then like she well, doesn't then, squeeze the rabbits no, to but, death, but she does kill a rabbit. Yeah, they don't end well. Those rabbits. Yeah, uh, not to ruin anything for you. I mean, we're spoiling everything. This movie is yeah. what fifty years old? No, forty something years old. 
Um, but yeah, the like, I guess they had Debbie Reynolds and Shelley Winters had never teamed up before. And I always thought, I thought it was interesting. Debbie Reynolds, uh, famously, um, Elizabeth Taylor left uh, or stole her husband, Eddie mm-hmm. Fisher. And Shelley Winters' first big role was A Place in the Sun mm-hmm. opposite Elizabeth Taylor. So I bet they both had like good Liz Taylor stories. Good Liz gossip. Yeah. I bet they did. Um, I bet they did. I bet Shelley was fucking fun. Oh my God. I started <laughs> listening to or watching all these like YouTube inter- interviews with her after I watched this movie last night. And she, and I, I don't know if she was just drunk for years or if she did have some of maybe the exet- eccentricities that Helen has in the movie. But she has like... It wasn't that far off base from like the way that she really talked. Oh, interesting. Uh, she was more animated, but she would like on interviews, she would sort of lose her train of thought a lot. And yeah, I don't know what, what was going what, on. What was with happening her. with her? Um, her biography, autobiography, Shelley, also known as Shirley. That's what she was talking about in this interview. I need to read it. Is a fantastic because it's all kiss and tell. Oh my it's God. like all like just full of who she's screwed. That's amazing. Yeah, she <laughs> mentioned like Marlon Brando, uh, Errol Flynn. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everyone. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and she'd always been sort of a character actress. Like she was never sort of the leading lady. Right. Uh and she won, but you, but you can't take your eyes off. Of no, her. Um, yeah, she's she's the best thing in everything. She really is. She she's like a um, a good actress in a different way than a lot of actors of her time. Like she seemed to me, at least in this movie, more naturalistic. I mean, right? There's something like like she's unhinged in this. That is what she does well. Yeah, like, like she loses her mind really really well and there's a lot of vulnerability there especially like place in the sun yeah uh and she won so she won two oscars one for the diary of Anne frank oh okay um, she was mrs van damme yeah and then one for a movie i literally had never heard of called a patch of blue from 1965 oh that had a good soundtrack okay because i looked at the synopsis and it was sort of like i forgot that she would that that i i thought that she won an oscar for for um uh, place in the Sun. She was nominated okay. for A Place in the Sun and then nominated for The Poseidon Adventure. Uh, but A Patch of Blue is about oh Sidney Poitier yeah. is a black man who, I guess, strikes up a friendship with a blind girl that doesn't know that he's black. Yes. yes. Uh, and Shelley Winters plays her mother. Oh, okay. Um, right, right, right. And so it's sort of like Mask, I guess, <laughs> similar or like Mask meets Green Book. <laughs> I'm sure it was one of those movies that in the 60s they thought was very progressive. Yeah, like the soundtrack was really well known. And okay. and for like productions, I remember that we used music from a patch of blue in a play that oh. in like a one act play contest. We used the soundtrack oh, cool. from that movie for the music. Um, it was like it was like 60s, like Motown or soul or no, not at all. Oh, no. Like it was it was a. a a very uh, lots of strings. Oh, okay, I was like the score. From yeah, the it was. The, we used the score. Uh, so yeah, she. I guess she was like she was a pretty well respected actress throughout very her career, so. even yeah. when she was doing movies like this. Yeah, she was also the best thing in the Poseidon Adventure, which I've never seen. <gasps> um, is that on the list? I don't think it is. It probably isn't. 
It's it's like a disaster movie about a submarine. No, it's no, a okay. it's a cruise ship. Oh, cruise ship, a, a sinking cruise ship. Okay, oh, that sounds good. But she, and Shelley Winters is married to Jack Albertson. Oh, from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yes. Okay, and uh, I think he makes it. I think he makes it, but she has to she has to lead the way to like swim. Uh, uh, she kind of she was a championship swimmer, and oh, she funny. tries to lead the way, but ends up. Well, I'm not gonna. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll watch it. Doesn't end well for Shelley. I imagine not in these movies. Um, All right, so we're gonna talk a little bit about the plot of what's the matter with Helen. I keep wanting to say like, who's afraid of Helen? Whatever happened to Helen? Yeah, whatever happened. Yeah, like that's they they get you with the baby. They want you. They want to remind you of baby Jane. Yeah, all these like the the movie titles in the form of a question. Yeah. Ever I I always think of um. We need to talk about Kevin as oh, like right. the modern version of that. Yeah. Um, What's the matter with Helen? Yeah. So as you know, if you listen to this podcast, uh, the list of movies that I'm watching is based on a series of books also called High Camp by an amateur film critic and librarian named Paul Rowan who watched 400 movies that he said had intrinsic interest to homosexuals. And he wrote reviews about all of them. So I'll just read uh, the first paragraph of his review for What's the Matter with Helen? As my computer is literally possessed by the devil, something bad is going to happen. Uh-oh. Uh, all right. What's the matter with Helen? 1971. There's really no need to review this film in the usual sense, since it's quite evidently a conglomeration of gay camp elements. All one has to do is enumerate them. Debbie Reynolds and Shelley Winters portray a pair of middle-aged women who open a talent school for tots in Depression-era Hollywood. The two women met grotesquely enough as a result of their sons having collaborated on a murder a la Leopold and Loeb. Debbie even talks of hiring Clarence Darrow for an appeal. Yeah. We know we're in suspense horror territory. The title alone is sufficient indication, but the trappings are half Busby Berkeley, half Nathaniel West. 30s glamour goddesses are constantly invoked with an almost grating insistence. When, for example, Debbie is presented with gardenias, she can't resist mentioning that these flowers are Joan Crawford's favorite. <laughs> Midway through the proceedings, there is a musical review featuring a little girl who performs an elaborate impression of Mae West. And yeah, that was, I love that number. It's grotesque. It's so grotesque. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we sort of started talking about the plot of this movie. They, they moved to Hollywood. They start a dance troupe. And, like, Debbie is the, um, the ringleader. Like, Helen is sort of taking a backseat to everything. She right. plays piano. Yeah, she's um, the accompanist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they hire this old gay guy? Well, he shows he up. He shows up, He yeah. shows up. And he is, like, truly, like, a 10-star a homosexual. Oh, my God. He reminds me of so many, like, acting teachers I had in college. <laughs> right. But the actor, like... Uh, yeah, what um, was he from? He's Irish. He founded the gate. He and his partner founded the gate theater in dublin oh wow okay so like he he's hugely important yeah and he was i mean taking this i guess for a paycheck or just having oh, fun oh yeah or having a great time yeah. but like he he is like w w with one thing he's he he, he talks like that yeah it's like, like mid-atlantic like well no like queen's or, english oh, okay, like yeah. over the top british um, a uh, uh, upper class kind of totally. accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
uh, and it's never said like how he wound up in no <laughs> yeah well he's like he has these like letters of recommendation from right. all of these famous actors and acting teachers and stuff and who knows if he he could have forged them or they could be real but like Debbie um, who's what is her name Adele Adele yeah yeah she's very impressed by him Helen. So Helen, Helen is scared of him from the beginning. She thinks that someone is out to get them. Yeah. So like she gets cut in the hand by some dude before they even move to Hollywood. Right. And then she thinks there's like someone watching them and there's like uh, prank phone calls and you never really know if this is real or if this is like in Helen's imagination. Right. You don't know if, if like if for a second you think Adele's doing something. To yeah, her yeah. Yeah. For like they, uh, they made it muddy on purpose so that you don't know who is really trying to pick on Helen. Yeah. And so they, they're trying to get away from everything and not be harassed by people. But Helen is frightened uh, by everyone that comes in her path, including his name is like Mr. Ham. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, So he is, he becomes like the elocution coach for these girls. And then there's like uh, a series of scenes with all the like, silly stage mothers yeah. who are trying to make their daughters a star. Um, and I guess it's like the midpoint of the movie is the, the recital scene. Um, right. Where Debbie Reynolds is like doing a tap dance number. There's a girl that does this very scary impression of Shirley Temple doing that um, animal crackers. Yeah. And her father is uh, oh, yeah. Dennis Weaver who played McLeod. From TV baby. Okay, cool. I never. He was like seventies. He was cool. a, 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 was a he was a um, TV cop in the seventies, wore like a cowboy hat. Oh, okay, and he so and he's he was like, also in Duel, the oh. the Spielberg oh. uh, movie Duel. Is that the one that he directed Joan Crawford in? No, that's uh, Night Gallery. Okay. Duel is is a, a man. Uh, Dennis Weaver against a truck, an 18 wheeler. Okay. It's really, it's very, very good. Yeah. I don't know that I'd seen him before, but yeah, he plays this like Texan millionaire yeah. who is the father to the Shirley Temple girl and then has like a romantic interest in Adele. And so they start going out and he's like charming, but you think you, all the characters in this movie, you think maybe have something to hide you're sort of, no one's like above suspicion. Yeah. Um, and so they go out to like a gambling cruise ship and have a fun time. But then, uh, oh, but then during the the recital, um, Helen has a freak out backstage. Yeah. And ruins everything because she believes that she sees Mr. Ham with like a knife. And then she starts screaming as yeah. these girls are like doing their tap dance. Oh, and Helen's a religious fanatic. Oh, yeah. We don't mention that. She's like constantly listening to Agnes Moorhead. Right. She was like a version of of Sister Amy McPherson. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple McPherson. Yeah. Um, so she's constantly listening to her on the radio. Also, she has this backstory of the way her husband died, which they flash back to. Right. Which is truly the most like grotesque image in the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, they were on like a plow on a farm and the h- horse gets scared and he falls off the plow and the horse like runs him over with the plow and his whole face is just sort of like gashed up. And her little son who later was convicted of murder saw this. And this was like 
by her account, the origin story of, of, of why, why her he, son was he, fucked yeah, up. Yeah, why he yeah. became a killer. Um, and she never is like mentions her son in jail. And then Debbie Reynolds keeps trying to contact her son, but he never responds. And it's, there's a lot of like weird things about this movie that they don't really they talk don't, about. Yeah, they just they put they put it there and then they never go back to yeah. it or they never justify it. It's a really weird movie. I feel like they probably shot this over the course of a week. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Like, because it, it is really... That that whole sort of side of the movie about their relationships, their relationships to their sons, and, and that whole murder, to me, like, was so interesting, and they never... I don't know. They never talked about it. I, I wanted to know... I just wanted to know more about it. Yeah. But obviously, that's not what the movie's about. Um... Oh, I think that this movie is prime for the remaking. Yeah, like Ryan Murphy or somebody. Yes, yes. Let's just make sense of all the stuff that doesn't make sense. Yeah, like you, this could be sort of what Todd Haynes did with Mildred Pierce. Expand oh, yeah. it to like a limited, <laughs> I don't know, do like an eight part What's the Matter with Helen. Yeah, I uh, I would be into that. I mean, hey, it's, I don't know who owns the rights, but someone does. Um <laughs> So yeah, so Helen like is increasingly getting more paranoid after this recital. And then finally, Debbie Reynolds is sort of like had enough, mm-hmm. realizes that her friend is a lunatic. <laughs> like she, yeah. she's very patient with her, I think. Yeah, she is. But you also got kind of have a, she, she is patient with her, but you also have a sense that is she driving Helen crazy? Like, don't you? Did you not like? See, I know. I don't think I she, ever. She was so ambitious in the beginning, That's it, true. like it, like and and a little ruthless. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like they. Uh, and I didn't remember this from watching it. It was as a kid. To me, it was like, uh, most definitely Debbie Reynolds is the good one because she's pretty, and most mm. definitely Shelley Winters is the evil one because she like is not classically pretty. Yeah. And in in my head, like that was that was even much easier. And when I was eight, it was really easy to 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 kind of go with that narrative. For but sure. Like this watching it now, I was like, she is kind of fucking with her. Yeah, like and there, toying with her. There's um I mean in all of Debbie Reynolds' performances, I, I feel there's an edge to her where like I think it works well for her as an actor because if she didn't have that edge, she would be like too sweet. Yeah. Um but like Tammy. Yeah, yeah. You you could see and like just sort of the narrative of, oh, Helen seems crazy, so she is crazy seems almost too simple. You yeah. think they're gonna be some sort of twist. And they're like little twists, but yeah, I I guess I never I never thought that it would have been Adele that would have turned out to be the bad person. But maybe that's just my lack of imagination. Uh, oh, uh-huh. Like, it, I always, it always seemed like the whole movie was from Adele's perspective. Yeah. Uh, and Helen was just, I mean, yeah, I, like I said before, I don't know, it's this flat affect, and that is almost more creepy because you know how religious she is and she's constantly listening to this this preacher on the radio and the only time she even like raises her voice is when she is 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 frightened and and is screaming um and then finally after she ruins the the review Debbie Reynolds tells her to leave uh and then we get to another 
good part of the movie where there's a gentleman that comes by and um, Helen pushes him down the stairs. Right. Helen, Helen Hill, <laughs> what do you want? And then, yeah, she gives him a little push. Uh, he, cause so, so she like is afraid that, uh, you know, people are going to find out who she is or whatever. And he, get, um, brings some like letter and, and, and calls her by her real name. And that's what freaks her out. So she pushes him down the stairs. He dies. But then it turns out that he was probably just giving her like her inheritance or something. Yeah. Uh, and so you, we think as viewers that she killed an innocent man. Um, Demi Reynolds comes home, sees the body and then they, they throw him into like this cement trench that there's like construction work across the street. Yeah. And he doesn't even like sink down into the cement. He's just sort of like lying there and they leave him, which I mean, someone's going to find him pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess they have like bigger fish to fry at that point. Uh, so then the police find him and, um, and then Helen gets more and more crazy. Does she end up killing ham too? Cause like the last time you see him, it's dark and she like leads him up the stairs and then you never see him again. So I was always wondering if she Oh, that's interesting. Him. Maybe she did. Cause then Adele comes home, sees blood all over the place, finds the rabbits that, that Helen had, had killed. Right. But why, why wouldn't they show us dead ham being dead? Yeah. I wonder if, I don't know, but that would be a great opportunity to just see the dead body, yeah. but you never see him again. So I'm just, I was, yeah. Wondering maybe they shot something and yeah. And they then and they were like, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, this movie's already 95 minutes long. There's or whatever. so many things like there's so yeah. many loose ends like that, that it's crazy. Um, so then she finds, the dead rabbits. Uh, and then what finally makes Helen kill her? She says something to her. Um, she like, I don't know. I just oh, like, she says, I'm getting married. Oh, right. I, I'm engaged. I'm getting married. And then she immediately like stabs her once. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she had like been going on dates with, um, Dennis with Weaver. Dennis Weaver. With TV's McLeod. And he finally had proposed to her at a miniature golf course. Right. <laughs> and she says yes. And then he's like, oh, we have to get married tonight for some reason. Um, and he had found out that she was like the mother of this uh, murderer, but he doesn't really care. You never, again, like you think that he has some nefarious reasons for, but then it turns out, I guess he was just like a he nice just, guy who wanted to marry really her. He really loved that pretty lady. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, she she stabs her in the neck when she finds out that she's going to marry this dude. And that is like, I guess some people read this as there was lesbian subtext the whole time and that Helen oh. was like in love with Adele, oh. which I literally did not get from the movie. No. But reading about it afterwards, that's like a major sort of queer reading of it. Yeah, um, they that wasn't made clear. Yeah, I don't think so either. But that, I guess, sort of makes sense why her threatening to leave to leave Helen and to get married to a man would drive her to like murder right much like well I don't know you imagine that she's she was like that with her husband because she also confesses to have like to murder she had murdered her husband well she's she felt responsible for his death oh but she never she never actually said oh I pushed him in front of the no okay no um 
uh, and let's not forget, she goes to see the sister Amy character, the, yes. uh, uh, Agnes Moorhead, and makes such a nuisance of herself at a tent revival that she gets thrown out. Yeah. So, so yeah, Agnes <laughs> Moorhead is like, she's like, oh, confess, or like, you know, you're saved by Jesus, and she's this like long line of people. And then as soon, and then and she's Helen like, I want to have a personal conversation yeah, with you. And she's you. like, mm, move along, lady. <laughs> Uh, she's like security <laughs> and she, yeah, she has her moment and Debbie Reynolds has to like slap her in the face yeah. and Agnes Moorhead's like, thank you That's for slapping right. her. Debbie Reynolds shows up to the yeah. revival and she's like, God needed you to do that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And then they like drive her out. Um, but yeah, she becomes obsessed with her. And I think cause Agnes Moorhead at this point, like she, I think gained her fame initially from being sort of part of the Orson Welles universe. Right. She was in Citizen yeah. Kane and uh, Magnificent Ambersons. And then she would have done this while she was doing Bewitched. Totally, yeah. This was Be, or during, like at, right at the end because Bewitched was on to like seventy two. Okay, so she yeah by this time she was like a huge television star. Yeah, um, yeah. But she always had she was she 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 showed up in a lot of these movies. I think she was in the Hush, best Hush, thing Sweet in every Charlotte. movie. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she's great in Hush Hush. Yeah. Sweet Charlotte. Have you done that one yet? Uh, not for this podcast, but I have seen it. But I'm sure I'll, I'll do it at some point. That's another like childhood fave. Yeah, that was like the scariest movie to me. So you watch all these with your sister? A lot of them. Yeah, That's like cool. a, like like weekend movies during the day. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. Would they would always have like a, a old movie like in the afternoon okay um yeah i now kids don't really get to see everything is streaming you don't just flip on the tv and see these movies well especially like these movies like what's going to happen to these movies well that's sort of why i wanted to do this podcast like um so when this guy wrote these books 25 years ago in the introduction he says you know these movies are already like being lost to history and like younger uh the younger generation, younger gay men don't know about them. And, and now I'm thinking of, you know, 25 years later, it, they're even more obscure. Yeah. I think people, people know, you know, whatever happened to baby Jane and all about Eve and a few others, but right. most of these, no one's ever heard of. And, yeah. And like this one, you know, it is on YouTube, thank God. But, uh, if people don't make a point to keep talking about, the movies they love, then there's no, um, there's no impetus for the studios that own the rights to like keep releasing them. Yeah. And, and yeah, things can just get lost. Yeah. Which is sad, but hopefully, you know, cause I think when, when like streaming started or when digital media started, people expected to just have everything at their fingertips all the time. Yes. And, um, yeah, there was a wave of, I think with music, like with Napster and all that stuff, oh, I can listen to every song ever. And now everything is sort of, the the cards are like shuffling back to everything is owned by some conglomerate. And if they don't want you to see it, you're not going to yeah, see it. Yeah, you're not going to see it. Yeah. Uh, and obviously like this movie is, someone just uploaded it to YouTube, but that's probably because no no one cares enough to to take it down yeah so yeah at some point who knows who knows if when this comes out even if if the movie will still be available there are so many like there are a lot of movies on youtube that i loved when i was a kid yeah like like this my favorite tv movies there was one called um 
The Girl Most Likely To, which was written by Joan Rivers. Oh, wow. And it's all on YouTube. It's a really bad copy, but like it's a gr- like everybody, if you like Joan Rivers or if you like um, uh, Stalker Channing. Oh, yeah. Or if you uh, like just really fun, jokey movies, like it's so good. And then there's a movie called Bad Ronald. Like there, there, TV, there was a TV movie genre uh, all its own of just like, like these creepy, creepy TV movies. So the one with the girl, what's it called? Girl Most Likely To? The Girl Most Likely To. Was that a, that's a horror movie or a comedy? It's a comedy. Oh, really? It's about murder. Oh, cool. But it's a comedy. It's really good. Wow. And and it was made for TV. It wasn't released in the theaters. Bad Ronald was made for TV, but like it's crazy to me that these movies came out in the theater. Like I would say, yeah. like we had a drive-in oh, close really? to us, and I could see that like that usually got B movies. I can see something like this, like at that drive-in that yeah. was by my house, but I don't think I saw this in the theater. I think I saw it on TV. Uh, and now, I mean, um, they're the 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 sort of like lowbrow. TV movie doesn't exist as much anymore, Not except on like Lifetime. But even those now, I feel like TV movies are like events, and yeah. it's more of like the limited series. Yeah, the mo- the the uh, uh, NBC movie of the week, like those movies. Some sometimes they were really good. Sometimes yeah, 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 they were. Sometimes they were really great. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid. Um, or trilogy of terror, like that. I oh, saw yeah. that on TV, and that was like. Thank you for making that. That was like <laughs> haunted me for years, but was fun too. Yeah. I mean, I remember like the, the TV movie of it when I was a kid mm-hmm. uh, and how terrifying that was. And then um, ABC would have right, the, a mini series yeah, yeah, when they yeah. would do mini series. They were fun. Yeah. Now, I mean, there's still mini series, but they're like limited series. Now they're about Chernobyl or the central yeah. park five. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'll yeah. watch it. Uh, I also really loved the Disney. There was a remake of, because you know the Cosby Show, Rudy Keisha Knight Pulliam. Mm-hmm. She was like a huge child star for a while, and I think she's about like exactly my age or maybe a year older. Uh-huh. But she did a remake of um, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court with Vanessa Redgrave as Morgana Le Fay. Get the fuck out and of here! I. I saw this movie 10 million times when I was five, six years old <laughs> and I, I swear it exists in my, like it has to exist in real life. Um, because I, is it not on her IMDb? No, I'm sure it is. Oh, it's yeah. just not available anywhere. And it was oh, the first yeah. time. Cause even from that age, I think I was sort of, um, ferociously like learning about actors and actresses and stuff. So I remember like learning Vanessa Redgrave's name because of that movie. Vanessa Redgrave. (laughs) And then she, and then she was in um, a remake of Pollyanna uh, that was just called Polly. Polly coming home. Oh, that was called Polly coming home. It's Polly. And it was her and Felicia Rashad and they were in it together. Oh my gosh. Well, I will say this. They're, uh, a, a Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's real, Court right? and Polly coming home. Both are not highlighted on Wikipedia, so they don't have their own pages. So that wow. does not bode well for them. No, I'm sure. I mean, and unfortunately for all the Cosby adjacent actors, I don't oh, know. Oh, wait, that she also did a movie called Polly. So she did a Pollyanna before before Polly coming home. Oh, so Polly coming home must have been the sequel. <laughs> yeah, Polly coming home is the sequel. But uh, yeah, I remember Polly had, it was her and Felicia Rashad, and it was like, oh, they're like, 
what chemistry these two have uh, together. Like, I'm going to see if I can find it online. Um, but yeah, I, TV movies, I just remember those like Disney ones and yeah, it, um, and now, I mean, now Netflix really has, it's like the TV movies. Uh, yeah. what do you, what do you think of all those Netflix rom-coms? Have you watched them? Like, um, oh, yeah. it's all the boys I loved before. And yeah, I enjoyed that. Okay. I enjoyed the one with Randall. Oh yeah. I, they all, I always am like, I don't know, I excited like, to watch down or to sit down and watch them. And then they always just bore me to tears. Oh, I, I didn't mind it so much. And you know what I really liked? Like, uh, uh, the late, this latest Adam Sandler mystery movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of it. It, it was fun in sort of like a clue way yes, where it's just yeah. like so silly. Like it was, it, it was like perfect to have on while you're putting your makeup totally. on. Totally. <laughs> and like, no matter how, you know, terrible the script is or whatever, the just Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston are so watchable. Right. They are. And, and they have, they have some weird chemistry together. That's kind of enjoyable. And, yeah. and, more most importantly everybody like looks like they're having it seems like they're having a good time yeah because they got to like go to italy and shoot a stupid, <laughs> stupid movie for movie. 10 where weeks he, or whatever, where he yeah. just had to wear shorts the whole time yeah 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 <laughs> like it's his dream oh god i what enjoyed a life. it like yeah i didn't mind that one uh but i yeah i don't always watch those i guess it depends yeah the rom-coms i don't know they it's always like good actors in them with some sort of chemistry but the scripts to me are usually like pretty flat. Like there's not good yeah. jokes. I don't know. You go back to when Harry met Sally or yeah. it happened one night and you're like, Oh, oh. this is a real rom-com. Right. And right. these ones are just like, eh. but yeah. yeah, I wonder if Netflix will, I mean, I'm sure they will like get into this sort of campier, like, well, they had that, that, do you see that Alison Williams one um, called the perfection? I, uh, I have, I, I've only watched like the first few minutes of okay. it. And, uh, uh, and then I saw, like, somebody on Twitter being like, don't waste your time with this movie. And I listened to that person. Oh, see, I say, go for it. <laughs> okay. Like, watch okay. it, um, like, in the middle of the night if you can't sleep or if you, like, maybe, like, <laughs> get really stoned or, like, if you've, you know, taken an Ambien and are waiting for it to kick in, something like that. Because it, it gets super fucked up. And, again, it's so stupid. But I guess those are the, like, Netflix movie, the bad Netflix movies that I like are the, the scary ones yeah. more than the romantic ones. Yeah. Um, cause it's a lot of like body horror and stuff, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like this shit. Um, besides, I guess this is called like hagsploitation and, um, psycho bitty are the, the like genre names for these movies with like the older actresses. Yeah. Aside from them, are there any other like camp movie styles that you love or like, um, we talked about John Waters a little bit before we started recording. Oh, yeah, I love John Waters. Uh, what, like, what is your uh, relationship to, like, I don't know, like, gay camp culture and movies and stuff? Well, I love, uh, I've always loved, like, campier. I've always loved campy movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, um, even before I knew what that was, like, th- with these kinds of movies, I like campy horror. Mm-hmm. Um uh, like old campy horror, like like there was so much of that in the seventies. Yeah, and uh, I still, I still enjoy, I still enjoy that. And then I like, um, uh, uh, I love. I don't know how campy these are, but I love those like Joseph Losey movies. I don't know. Um, 
uh, British movies from the '60s that are all sort of gay. Oh, are are, are they um, horror too? Like no, no okay. those some have like cr- a criminal element. They're usually more melodramatic. Okay, cool. But they're good. I'll have to check them out. Um, a lot Farley Granger oh, yeah, and a yeah, lot yeah. of them, or Dirk Bogart. Like Farley Dirk, Granger was like super hot at one point. He really was, yeah. and Dirk Bogart was Ooh. super handsome. So like those movies, I've always uh, enjoyed. Um, uh, I love musicals. Okay. Uh, so like I enjoy not all musical movies, but like like the good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved Fosse, um, Fosse oh, Verdon. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, I don't think we've talked much about Fosse Verdon on this podcast, but so far for me this year, this is, this is the best uh, TV show of the year so far. I thought it was fantastic. When I've heard people complaining about it, I'm like, huh? Or like, like, especially they were like in the era of me too. Do we really need a show about Bob Fosse? And but like, that's the whole fucking point of this show. It's like, did you yeah. watch it? Because it's, it's Gwen Verdon's movie yeah, yeah, yeah. show, man. Like it's she's the one that's that's uh really, really making her mark here. Like it's she's fantastic. Yeah, I mean I, I've loved Michelle Williams for a long time and she sort of can do anything, but this uh I mean I think it's one of the greatest performances on like in any media in a long time. Just like, amazing. Just unbelievable. Just, like I every single week I was just floored by um, how great she was and how she conjured Gwen Verdon. Yeah. You know, she's going to play supposedly going to play Janis Joplin, which well, I believe she can do she it. She could do it. She could do this. She can do that. Yeah, I guess so. Um, well, before we go, I ask all my guests one mm-hmm. final question. And that is if we were to compile a volume three of high camp, uh, with movies that are not included in the first two volumes. So movies may be released after 1994 or something mm-hmm. that wasn't included, what would be your one nomination for a movie to add to the list? This was my favorite movie of 2013. And I think about it all the time. The movie Stoker by uh, Park Chan-wook and written by Wentworth, Wentworth Miller. Miller. And that movie just resonated like nobody's business with me. I loved it and it's stylish. It's yeah. beautiful and and it is dark as fuck. It's gorgeous. It has a, a great Nicole Kidman performance and Mia Wasikowska. Yeah. Uh, I remember just loving sort of the feeling that that, I don't even really remember the plot of that movie at all, except it's like this old house. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was just sort of a great old fashioned type of movie. Um, yeah, I thought it was so well done. And, and I was like, I didn't see it in the theater. Okay. Like I saw it like on TV yeah, at I think the I end of the too. year. And then I was like, why didn't I see this in the theater? It's so, uh, so beautiful. Yeah. I think this was maybe Park Chan-wook's first English language movie mm-hmm. that he directed and went with Wentworth Miller has had such a interesting career cause he was like this pretty boy actor on um prison break right and then right. and then became i don't know if he's what he's done since stoker but like that was a good screenplay he's right. a talented it's, guy it's very good he, yeah. he can, like i'm very interested in seeing what he does next another thing i would add i would add all of the ken russell movies i oh, don't okay. know if there if any of them are on there but like I freaking love women in love. Oh, and later, like the the one with Natasha Richardson where she plays Mary Shelley. I've um, never seen any of these. Like, uh, uh, it's about like 
Frank this the making of Frankenstein, the making of Frankenstein yeah, that's Shelley really and good Byron and all those people and then the very best and one is uh, that's also like the trashiest is Lair of the White Worm. Oh my god! I love that movie forever and ever and ever, and it is so campy. It's so ridiculous. I think that one is in these books. Oh, good, good, and good. I remember, and I should be. literally never seen this movie in my life. Amanda Donahoe just like having the time of her life. I just remember when I was a kid going to the video store and like perusing, like not not being allowed to rent any of these horror movies, but yeah. sort of going into that section. Uh. And I remember the the VHS cover of The Lair of the White Witch and like being so intrigued by it. It's and so to this good. day, I've never seen it, but I, yeah, I need to. Oh, you've got to see it. Yeah. It's really good. Cool. Like his movies are so over the top. Also Crime of Passion, which was his movie that was an ex with uh, Kathleen Turner. It's, oh, a, wow. it's like a, a business lady by day and a hooker by night. Nice. Um, uh, that one also is like crazy like he was he must just been insane yeah great great recommendations um we'll add those to the list uh well thank you so much julie thanks brian being on this podcast uh yeah it was so fun to talk to you about what is the matter with helen i keep forgetting the name (laughs) what is the matter with helen and you'll have to come back we'll talk about maybe lair of the white witch or something else at some point sure um cool do you have Anything to plug? Any social media handles or projects coming you up? Follow me on Twitter at, at Bristasolja. Cool. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at High Camp Pod, all one word. And follow me um, on Twitter and Instagram at Ruckerbry. That's R-U-C-K-E-R-B-R-Y. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please uh, go to the Apple podcast store or whatever um, way you listen to it and rate us five stars, write a review that will help other people find the podcast. Tell your friends, anybody who loves old gay movies, tell them to listen to high camp. Uh, All right, guys, I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.